Good afternoon, friends of traders. Welcome to Limit Up Podcast. I'm Dan Hodgman, sitting down with uh, Jack Peltzer. Jack, how are you? I'm doing good. There's all sorts of distractions going on outside my place, so I apologize in advance for the audio there. Uh, that being said, I mean, it can't be more distracting than what's going on in the markets right now. You know, I might have to crack one of those Coors Lights at some point during this. Uh, you know, Jack, I, I, I quit drinking on weekdays. No, like, after-work beers lately have been pretty good about that. And uh, I was kind of thinking the same thing, you know. I'm taking this approach of, like, try to avoid looking at my, uh, my retirement and my portfolio because I'm not happy about things over there at the moment. But I looked. Not good. But patience, right? We have a plan. Um, I also am grateful I don't have to fill my truck with gas today. So that's a plus. I do appreciate the idea of like you sneak a look at your portfolio just in case, you know, like the Nasdaq's down 30% and like there's still that hint that I'm going to go in there. It's going to be all great. No, yeah. it's not. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I look and I'm like, okay, I'll be all right. No, no, I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's shocking. The number of, uh, not since the dot com bubble have we seen this many, you know, household name stocks down 80, 90%. But anyway, let's run down the day and then we'll get to that. Absolutely. Well, we got a little head fake earlier this week thinking crude oil might be uh, making a downward move. Not quite the case. Uh, we saw it yesterday. Today kind of continues the press back higher. Uh, this market opened up below settlement price, uh, worked itself right through settlement. What I liked about it is you didn't have to take the initial trade from the open to settlement. You had a couple chances trading around settlement to find a nice long, um, to get a nice dollar, dollar and a half move out of that. So really good opportunity there. S&P, this is the one to think about right now. Um, it's the week one, uh, making yearly lows. So it's the low for 2022 was hit here today, maintaining really strong trend of the downside. And when we talk about this, I think it's important to recognize, right? It's not exciting to see equities working lower. Um, we talked about portfolios. We talked about a couple of things there. Um, but you're finding good trade opportunities. It's uh, if you def- use your channels, like I've always talked about in the past. I know you guys don't see me as much talking about those, but if you use your channels, you had a really nice opportunity to potentially buy a bottom and uh, sell a top based off the channel. When I say top and bottom, I'm not talking, you know highs and lows i'm talking channel highs and lows so when you find that market moving towards an extreme we had some nice extremes set today where you can fade that extreme and kind of range trade it that's how i like to do things uh same thing goes here for the nasdaq nasdaq actually has struggled to make it a stronger low here this afternoon like the s p did but snuck it out by a few ticks made that low there so that market is continuing its downtrend we saw an open this morning that maybe was giving a little bit of life i think it was a little bit of a fake out for a lot of people um if you didn't just jump in on the long and think okay the bubble has now sealed and is working itself uh too good inflated again um and you realize hey this burst here this is going to be an opportunity to look for a short remember that's what we want to look for in downtrending markets we want to look for strength to short the strength right don't take it as a head fake don't jump in and say hey market's moving higher i'm buying this thing no that's a great opportunity to start looking for the shorts gold i mean Big down move here as well, but that was done by about 11, 12 o'clock this morning. Um, so from the open, from last night, just continued downtrend, market moving down. The same with the euro and the 10-year note uh, creeping a little bit higher. Um, so we've got a little bit of an uptick here the last three or four days in the 10-year note. Nice. So that's what I got, Jack. 
Well, when you zoom out a little bit, it's more of the same. So I uh, titled today's episode, Dan, The Bubbles Burst. I think that now, I think at some point today, the NASDAQ was officially 30% off its highs. I think we can call that a uh, bubble bursting. And it's an unusual one, right? This is like the anti-COVID. That COVID crash was fast and furious, and then it was done. This is like Michael Myers, the uh, serial killer, not the comedian, slowly following you. I mean, I think it's, what, six straight weeks thereabout that we'll be, we'll be down on the NASDAQ. Um, what makes this unusual is usually, right, the top isn't in until everyone's capitulated there's euphoria whereas i feel like this is unusual in that there's a lot of people who have been really bearish on this the whole time and on the way down i mean the sentiment is at ultra lows right now and that's sort of an unusual it's a very orderly sell-off we haven't had any fireworks we haven't had any circuit breakers yet maybe we will but for 30 percent down i haven't seen any of that yet jack it reminds me of a Seinfeld episode. I feel like you're a Seinfeld guy. I am. Um, it reminds me of a Seinfeld episode. Uh, Jerry is in the process of buying a new car, and Kramer really has to go kick the tires and uh, work over the dealer a little bit. And they get in the car, and they drive until it hits E, and they just kept going. Like That's how this market feels right now. It's like we're sitting on E, yet we continue to keep going. Um that's how I'm feeling about it. Like, it's just this really slow process. And you got to just be patient with it for anyone that's thinking long-term stuff, right? You're trying to think about, hey, I got a retirement. And maybe if your mm-hmm. retirement's in the next year, I, I would say you got to adjust how you're looking at things. But if your retirement's maybe in 20 or 30 years, you got a little bit of time. Just got to be patient with this type of stuff. Um, it's going – there's a lot of questions out there, right? We have a lot of concerns. Uh, we have – political tensions internally. We have changes happening here. We have big tensions um, on the national, uh, in the inter- international scale. You've got concerns there. We have shortages of things going on around the country. We've got inflation at crazy levels right now, but you got the Fed trying to at least curb those inflation numbers. If we see that inflation, maybe we start to curb a little bit. Maybe we see things start to change. So there's a lot going on that we just have to be po- conscious of. Well, what's interesting, we've been saying for a while that the big monthly number now, it used to be the employment number. Now it's the CPI. The CPI came out yesterday, and um, it was like if they designed to give like a confusing number, that was the one where it was down but just the tiniest bit, and I don't think the market really knew how to react to that. Everyone was expecting sort of uh, a downside miss. So on one hand, it's still really high. On the other, it isn't higher than it was the month before. So I don't know what to make of that. Basically, we're just punting the ball, and we'll kind of see next month where it lands, right? Right. Like, I look at it for me, you know, from the consumer standpoint, everything's costing a lot more money. You know, I use the example, you know, paying for gas. You know, i got to fill the car with gas. Um, You know, just continuing to see – you know, hundred dollar plus to fill the truck with gas. That's that's a that's a major hit. When a year ago I was paying maybe forty five dollars to fill the same tank, and I'm doing it weekly. That goes from a two hundred dollar expense to a four hundred dollar expense on a monthly basis. Um, so you know, you're starting to see. And I think what we have to keep in mind is like myself included. I wish I had like unlimited funds that my life isn't affected by 
you know, my daily costs, mm-hmm. but it, it it's just a matter of, okay, because I have certain necessities that I have to spend my money on, other things I'm going to have to be a little bit more con- conscious of. So instead of buying, you know, the ribeyes, maybe I'm going to buy some more chicken breasts um, when I'm going out to the grocery store because the prices have increased there as well and I'm looking for ways to save a little bit of money. Maybe it's less time going out. And I think that you're going to start to see more of that out there. So, you know, hopefully everyone's getting nice raises and we're not affected by inflation. Uh, um, unfortunately, it's the world we're living in right now. Inflation is something that we have to live with and we have to deal with and we have to work around it. And I think you're seeing a lot of people that now that the economy is opening up for the last couple of years, they put a lot more money into because accessibility to investments has increased. We've talked about Robinhood, we've talked about Acorn. There's a ton of other ways now people are putting money into the market that they've been able to do for the last couple of years. Now life's getting to be a little bit more more normal post-pandemic era. Uh, They're starting to say, hey, these markets are down. I'm starting to lose some of the profits I've made over the last couple of years. I'm gonna go ahead and pull some of this out and start spending in other places. Yeah, you're talking about the demand end of it, sort of the wealth effect. Uh, you know, as the capital markets go down, people spend less, and then the supply end, it's kind of burning at both ends because the Fed's also tightening through this. Um, it could be a bit of a mess. I mean, where I find, there's a couple of places where I see some, uh, you know, silver lining here. And as we look at like the NASDAQ, the crash to an extent for many, many stocks that make up the NASDAQ has already happened. And I thought it was interesting today. It was kind of a mixed day. But, um, you know, Apple was way down while uh, ARC, which I'll just use as a proxy for all the overvalued meme stocks, was up. Um, this was one of the few days where it wasn't, you know, like, like I mentioned in the intro, a huge basket of these stocks, these tech stocks, have already been whacked. You know, it reminds me, I think I've mentioned it before, of The Simpsons with the, like, uh, stop hitting him, he's already dead. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at, you know, was, you know, Zoom, Wayfair, whatever else you want there, they're already down 80%, right? There's not too much more meat on the bone there. But right. Apple and some of the big companies, Apple, Microsoft, have been super resilient. But um, it's sort of their turn in the barrel now. But maybe that's somewhere around the bottom. I don't know. We were right, Dan. I'm not happy that we were right, that we would get this second leg down below 13,000. I didn't know it would just be this relentless, though. This has been one of the most relentless sell-offs I have ever seen. I would agree. I mean, in my history of trading, the sell-offs have really been fast and hard and over relatively quickly. You you alluded to the COVID one back in 2020. That was maybe a three-week downturn, and then the whole thing just started to start to rise, um, and it ripped higher. And before you knew it, we were back at our all-time highs. This one feels like it's going to take a lot um, for us to kind of get back to where we were. So, I, to me, I look at it as you gotta you gotta be resilient. You gotta be patient. Um, look at this as opportunity too, like. When you have these big downturns, we talked about it in 2020 and we said, you know, this big break is scary, but you can look at it as an opportunity to start to create, you know, more wealth. Um, That's what we have to always keep in mind when these opportunities come. So just be patient. Uh, Don't just instantly jump in and try and say, you know, the low is in, time to buy. 
uh, wait for the market to give you some sort of indication, maybe a little market state change uh, before we're seeing that. But I think opportunities around the corner. I'm hopeful um, that this sell-off starts to slow and we start to see some updates. It will, or at least just bottom out, right? At least just give us some time here to think about our lives and what we've what decisions we've made to you know arrive at this point, right? Um, we've talked a lot about how do you know when a trend's change? You know, for the longest time we were in this uptrend where it was you were looking to buy any sell-off. Um, this is what it looks like. You know, we've we've switched from extreme over the course of you know since the beginning of. 2022 from extreme greed to extreme fear in every index so i think for the time being if you're a day trader you still have to be until you're until it's proven otherwise you need to be looking for opportunities to sell the strength here absolutely jack you made a really good point there's a huge advantage in these types of markets when state changes to being you know a day trader or a trader in general as opposed to the you know the standard investor you can take both sides. You can adjust biases. You can you can take one on the chin a little bit, recover because you managed your risk. You didn't over risk yourself. You didn't over leverage. You didn't put yourself in a position where you lost everything. Mm-hmm. You can manage your risk. You can take that on the chin. The next day you can come in and make those adjustments. And that's the best part about being a trader or a day trader in these instances is you can change. You know, you don't always have to be the trader that was trading long for. 10 years, well, hey, long paid me for 10 years. I got to stay a long trader, long side trader. Nope, you can change those biases overnight or in the matter of a second by clicking, you know, exit and then enter the short. You have those opportunities. And I think that's, you know, one of the cool things about market state change is it challenges us as, as, challenges us as traders, which I don't know any trader out there that doesn't love a challenge, that doesn't have that ego of like, I can do this, so, you know, that desire to find another way to do it so that's how you got to look at this there's a challenge presented you know let's capitalize on that and don't stress over the stuff you don't have controls in yeah so for comparisons just you know like you're buying a house you look for the comps is generally so we're down about 30 percent of the nasdaq the s&p is much better but then the nasdaq of course went much higher post-covid um I think that as far as comparisons go, generally these big sell-offs, whether you look at 08 or whatever else, uh, start bottoming out in the down 40 to 50% range is a pretty common thing to look at here. And we're already down 30% in the NASDAQ, so I'd be looking there. You see a lot of people talking about, you know, like a dot-com bubble type situation where, you know, the NASDAQ lost 80% of its value, maybe more. I don't... I don't have the understanding that we are there. I think that was a very different kind of unknown time. Um, people smarter than me seem to agree with that. So I, d- I don't see something like that happen. And if it is, you know, well, we'll find somewhere else to work, won't we? <laughs> well, if it does happen, it's just, hey, that's another chance to buy and uh, think long term. Right? Yeah, very long term. Because it is wild because I haven't had much opportunity to look back at the dot-com bubble. But the NASDAQ did go... It topped out in 2000 at 4,500, went all the way down to, lost like 80, 90% of its value. And mm-hmm. then it, it was, you know, 15 years, right, before it finally crossed that again. So it just recently did. Yeah, like in 2016, I think, it passed like 4,500 for the first time. But, you know, we're still up 10%, 20% since uh, the post 
or the pre-COVID highs. So when you zoom out, it's not, you know, nothing terrible not, is happening. We're not in a terrible spot. I think yeah. you, that's a very good point. But Jack, I want to kind of shift gears a little bit. I know we didn't touch on this earlier but when you and I were chatting, but I would love to uh, hear your thoughts. We're talking down markets. What about crypto? Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> there is, and I'll give the preface here that I am, you know, I'm not a crypto true believer. I think that comes out. I, I'm not against it hugely either. But if you're trading that market, there you have to be more concerned about a dot com type situation happening. It's a more, it's a newer technology with a lot of unknowns and much smaller market caps involved. There, there's no like Apple or Amazon of crypto, essentially. You know, the, the, the market cap after it's gotten, you know, monkey hammered the last couple of weeks of Bitcoin is like 600 billion. So only about a third of the market cap of Apple, for instance, right? So I don't know what's going on there. There's some systemic things going on with the stable coins um, with all this Terra drama over the last couple of days that would be frightening to me if uh, I was big into crypto. But then again, like I would have felt the same terror with, you know, 30 Super Bowl commercials this year about crypto and Matt Damon and all that jazz. Right. I mean, like, <laughs> right. If, if this really does collapse, we will look at that as just like, how did we not see this coming? This is just like flashing, you know, scan your TV and get $10 on Coinbase or whatever. Uh, it's, it's, it's wild stuff. It's, it's kind of crazy. I mean, I think, I think enough people out there had the mindset of, Hey, great opportunity. If you can get in and you can make a quick buck, um, the fact that it has gotten so big and so popular, yet it hasn't been established or accepted globally. Like, you know, I can't, we're calling it a coin. We're calling it a currency um, of sense. I can't walk out the door and go, you know, take my Bitcoin and go buy, you know, a slice of pizza down the street. Can't do that yet. And I think the fact that it took so long was like enough for enough people to say, all right, we're not really going anywhere with this. Once the sell-off started, everyone just kind of piled in. I'm sure there are still your your meme stock people out there with uh, the to-the-moon mindset, and I respect that. Hopefully it works for you, but um, I think it's a prime example of short-term cautionary things. Be patient, um, be smart about it, and take your win when you can take your win. Yeah, it's fighting a lot of sort of structural headwinds, too, where you know, when El Salvador started getting way into Bitcoin, I was just kind of grabbing my, I just got a haircut so I can't pull my hair as much anymore. But that's kind of what it was feeling like. It was like, oh man, they do not need to be exposed to more of this. And also, you know, this world is an unfair place. And I think that sometimes it has a way to, um, like, I, I just can't see El Salvador buying all this Bitcoin and then coming out on top when it's a million dollars a coin or something like that. It's just the, the, the forces at play here are are never that nice, right? No, like, they're not. It would have been cool if it made it to a million a coin. I mean, I will say my favorite thing about crypto is getting to live through this creation of something 
um, that has slightly an interesting background that no one really knows about, but claims to have an idea of where it came from, but we really don't actually know where it came from type thing. And we watched this creation and I can honestly say I've been watching it since 2009, 2010, um, until now. And like, I, I, it's just been, you know, I've dabbled in it a little bit here and there. I never had the mindset with Bitcoin that I'm going to sit on this for years and years and take it to a million a coin. But I'm also the type of person that it looks interesting. The best way for me to experience this is hop in. And I got to watch this ride and I got to experience. And, you know, you go back two or three years ago, we were at $20,000 a coin. It dropped down to 2000 a coin and then ran itself up to 50000 a coin. So who knows? Maybe this is just another uh, wild and crazy pullback and the thing gets back on it and uh, makes it to 100000 a coin. Could Could well do it. I mean, like my hang up on it has always been like, sometimes with some of these bitcoin maximalist type folks is that like their vision for the future just sounds like an absolute nightmare <laughs> so yeah I'm okay sure. boomer yeah okay boomer yeah oh i'm I right smacking the millennial yeah i had to uh yeah like the crypto islands i mean the only thing i could take solace uh, like i don't delight in anyone losing money besides aaron Rodgers owns a lot of bitcoin so i'm happy that happened <laughs> Go Bears. Yeah, go Bears. <laughs> um, but yeah, I hope everyone's managing the risk there just like any other I market. Think, I think that's exactly it. It's If you're not involved in it, it's a good example of why it's important to manage your risk. If you are involved in it, I hope you did manage your risk and you, know, you were conscious of that. And maybe you recognized, hey, this has sold off pretty heavy and fast before. It can totally happen again. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's going to be another wild ride. I'm looking forward to watching what happens. And I'll tell you, if it gets down to 2000 bucks a coin, I may have to scoop up a couple and see what happens. Maybe I can be the next crypto millionaire. Absolutely. Well, uh, yeah, I'll leave with uh, my levels if we're looking at the NQ. Is I just talked about that 40 to 50% down range. Uh, by my calculations, that lines up pretty close. 40% down would be around uh, right around 10,000. So you got a big, fat, round number. We use nice language here, uh, combined with 40% between that and 50% down, which would be, you know, somewhere around 8,500, somewhere in there, I feel like is where I am. That's where I'll start buying and feeling good about it as opposed to buying it like I am now and just being like, uh, I'm talking portfolios, not day trading. Yeah. Yeah. I knew exactly what you meant. I'm right there with you, Jack. I'm kind of thinking the same thing. I, I'm definitely looking portfolio um i'm looking for opportunity to uh for a long-term buy right now all i'm gonna say i'm not even looking at levels when it comes to these equity markets for me it's really just waiting for those pullbacks showing a little bit of sign of strength um, and i'll look for those shorting opportunities and for those of you that have watched me in the past i will say it again i define my markets by channels if i don't have a channel to look at i'm probably not trading it so that's what I'm going to continue to do. I'm going to look to fade the extremes of my channels and just trade it like it's working sideways. That's when I'm the most successful at my trading is when I'm trading a sideways market and I've learned how to define it, whether it's trending in a direction, I still look at them with the same lens and approach. So that's what I'm going to continue to do here. That is sound advice. I, I don't want to be right. I think that the uh, NQ is going to make a run at that 10,000 at some point over the next few months. Hopefully I'm wrong. If I am wrong, I will be thrilled. But um, that's what I'm feeling. Just manage your risk, stay with the trend, and uh, don't bite off more than you can chew, I think is good there. 
Yeah, I'm with you. I don't think the the sell-off's over, Jack. Does it make it to 10,000? I'm not thinking that far right now. Um, but I think I'm right there with you. I don't think this thing is over. Absolutely. Hope we're wrong on that. But uh, Absolutely. You know, it is a weekday, but I don't have your same fortitude, so I might have to go get one of those uh, cold beers at this point. Well, go enjoy. I think I might. Well, I, I'm going to wait till 5. I guess it's only 3.30 right now. Day gets eh, long. It's five o'clock these. somewhere, as Alan Jackson says. Yeah, Nova Scotia or something like that. Yeah, if you're from Nova Scotia. Let us know what it's like being five o'clock there. And uh, yeah, we'll be back next week. Um, stay safe. Namaste and trade well, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Limit Up podcast. It's a presentation of Top Step. Come check us out at topstep.com to learn more about the trading combine and how you can become a funded futures trader. We'll be back next week with a new episode. Hope to see you then.